Uh, yeah. Phone ringing for the work. They waiting on me like the 15 and the first. I'm killing competition, put them bitches in the hearse. Been diagnosed with a sick flow, where the nurse. Yeah, do it for the city, but the hood getting turned. With the money going around like an offer in the church. Shit, this shit was a race, promise I'ma finish first. Taking shots from my spot, got me leaning like I'm Dirk in the playoff. Bitch, I want that Mark Cuban payoff. Fly as a G6, waiting for the takeoff. Hustle like there's only six seconds on the play clock. Welcome back to another episode of the Bubble Lut Sports Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Bubble Lutz, and this is episode 87, inching closer to episode 100. 87 today, this is the Cowboys versus Patriots review. Oh, man. I told you so. I, I mean, I didn't exactly predict the score. From what I told you, though, slow start. It's going to be a defensive struggle. It's got to limit... The amount of errors, the amount of turnovers, as much as possible. you got to play a basically flawless game against the New England Patriots. I expect the Patriots to score more points in this game. I expect around the same points for the Cowboys. They had 9, I guess 10. And all in all, they're going to get outcoached. And there's going to be special teams plays in this game that will determine the, the, the outcome. And I mean... That checks every single box except for the score, in my opinion, people. Um, look, man, it's the same old shit every single week. There's only so much that I could talk about the Cowboys and say, this is what they need to work on. This is what they need to work on. This is what they got to improve on. This is what they're good at. So let's continue that. And yet week 12 of the season where they have had constant, constant criticism of the same things, of decision-making, of play-calling, of preparation, execution. All of these things have been brought up, and they are the elephant in the room. Last week, it was coaching is going to cost them this game. Coaching is what's costing this team. Jerry Jones is whole fucking fan base is saying the coach is the problem for our slow starts for our bad execution dumb penalties dumb decision making and lack of execution that is costing them football games what is jerry doing he's just saying don't worry about it we'll we'll be fine we'll get to to new england and we'll prove everyone wrong and then you got to new england and those things only continued they did not get any better when I first saw this score, because I did not originally watch it live, I watched it earlier today. When I saw the score, I was kind of hopeful. I was thinking, this is what the Super Bowl was last year against the Rams and the Patriots. It was a chess match that was done by by good coaching, great decision making, and they were just kind of battling each other out like two minds going at it and you just had to get a little bit of an edge up to win that football game so when i saw that the patriots only had what 13 points in this game i was like wow that's actually pretty good you know you're stopping tom brady even though they didn't have much of their weapons um on the field that day you know 13 points is not bad nine points it's like hey dak is trying to limit as much errors as possible they're just getting the running game going, and it's it's a defensive-minded game. And then I watched the game, and I thought, dear God, this is horrible to watch. 
because the Patri- like Patriots versus Rams last year in the Super Bowl, you it was just the 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 pure fact that both teams were the best in the NFL and they were just trying to outcoach each other, but it was just a te- a chess match, a truly uh, like amazing chess match to watch. Is that one big play is going to determine this game, and let's see if a team can do that. And it was just like, wow, these guys are just going at it. These guys are are playing their best football right now. It's just two great teams going at it. And then you watch this game, and you're like, how are both of these teams winning football games? Not to disrespect the Patriots at all, because this was an outlier of a game. Like, this was unlike any other game. Because, yes, the defense was really good, but it was more of the fact that the team that they were facing was shooting themselves in the foot. And the Patriots' offense did not look good. They did not look good. With Sanu out on this game, with Philip Dorsett out in this game, and the fact that they just really focused more on Sony Michelle getting him going and Julian Allen being the one main receiver that Tom Brady was going to, watching this game, it was horrific. It's really bad football from both teams. It was just worse for the Dallas Cowboys. So they lose 13-9 in this game. And let's just break it down very quickly from the quarters. You know, I, I really didn't watch the full game. I, and I, th- there's a good reason why, and I'll get to it in the fourth quarter. So starting in the first quarter, the Cowboys, what do they have to do? They have to go out there and shut down the, the home field advantage, really quiet down the crowd and get a good drive, f- like, immediately. With the Patriots deferring and on the coin toss, it was the Cowboys' ball first. What do they do for the Cowboys' offense on the first drive? They go three and out. Great fucking job. What else is new? So then the Patriots get the ball. And they do exactly what I thought they were going to do. They were going to establish the running game. They were going to use Burkhead. They were going to use James White. They were going to use Sony Michelle. That's what I anticipated. And in a sense, they did that. With Sony Michelle, they ran a ball effectively on that first drive. They got it going. And then the Cowboys defense finally woke up and said, Oh, we got to stop the run. And then they allowed Tom Brady to throw this ball. And with the weather, which is a huge factor in this game, very cold, very rainy, it was hard to get traction on that ball, to get a grip on that ball. It was not going to be a passing day for either one of these quarterbacks. So it was a running game first, or this was a running first game. The The Patriots eventually punted the ball, and then the Cowboys get the ball back. So you say, all right, let's throw that first one out of the way. Let's see what they can do on the second hand. And that's when you start to see a little of what was needed for the Cowboys offense in this game. Is they the first the first play that really stood out to me was the Pollard and Zeke play. They ran Pollard in motion, and then they handed it off to Zeke, and Zeke picked up a good chunk of yardage on this play. And I've been saying this for weeks on end: is when you have both Pollard and Zeke on the field, it is very hard to stop both let alone having to stop those receivers and those tight ends. So putting another dynamic back in the backfield or in motion, it makes that defense hesitate for a a microsecond. And that microsecond is more than enough for Zeke or Pollard to get that edge, to get that one extra step in and get the advantage. That is all you need. If you watch 
that, that game again, and you see when Pollard and Zeke are both on the field at the same time, and they run a motion, and they do a fake handoff to one guy, and then they pass it to the other, you see the defenders for the Patriots stop for a second, and that's all they need. That is exactly what you need to do in those type of plays. And that's the type of threat that Zeke and Pollard are on that offensive side of the ball. And, and what I wrote down was just, why isn't this used more often? Why isn't when like two dynamic running backs, or in another sense, two dynamic tight ends, when it's Pollard and Zeke in the running back position, and it's Jason Wynn or Blake Jarwin both on the field, that is a huge advantage for Blake Jarwin. Because they're going to expect the old, reliable five yards catch for Jason Wynn. And then you can send Blake Jarwin anywhere on the field. He's agile. He's quick for a tight end. He really should be a receiver. He's just that big to fit the tight end position. Yet, that's a deep threat that you can use any part of the field. Where you put him in the slot, where you put him on the outside. It doesn't matter. Same idea comes into play when you're talking about Pollard or Zeke. Guys that can catch. And they are true dynamic running backs you just you can use them in so many different ways look at the san francisco 49ers for instance is that they have the the largest percentage in the nfl of plays with two running backs at the same time on the field when it's tevin coleman when it's matt breda when two running backs are on the field at the same time the san francisco 49ers are using that more often than any other team and that's Part of their success, it really is. It makes their offense unpredictable. It makes their offense great. There's a reason why that team blew the fuck out of the Green Bay Packers last night on Sunday Night Football. And the reason why they're up big in the NFC and they're the Super Bowl contenders in that conference. Moving on to about five minutes into the game. And really, this is when the Cowboys started to get it going. This is when I could tell Zeke wanted to get the football he wanted to no pun intended he was feeding for that ball like he was hungry for that ball it was those extra little yards that he would get and just you know be patient trying to find those holes finding those gaps and that's what I love about Zeke is that you can tell when he really is locked in when he's really focused on being the best possible player for his team and it really showed early on in this game so they're moving the ball downfield on that drive where I, I see Zeke going uh third and five and Tyron Smith decides to fall start he gets the penalty on that first of many penalties that he would get in this game very unlike Tyron Smith so they were moving the ball up to this point they were so good at moving the ball on this drive and guess what? A 35 turns into third and 10. It kills the drive itself. They're still in field goal position, but you can tell that that was the first and best opportunity the Cowboys had in the first half to really get points on the board. And guess what? In field goal range, you're bringing out the worst kicker in the NFL, who shall not be named ever again on this podcast. And guess what he does, people? There's a reason why he's never named on this fucking podcast. The boy doinks it. He doinks it. Jesus Christ doinks it. Cowboys don't score any points on a good drive. And the secondary really steps up later on in this first quarter. I was kind of concerned just because of the fact that last week Anthony Brown goes out for the rest of the year, even though I think he's the worst uh, defender secondary guy on the Cowboys. So Jordan Lewis was going to get a lot more snaps. Let's see what they do with Jeff Heath, Xavier Woods, or any other any of the other safeties on their roster 
And with the fact that they have Mohamed Sanu out for the game for the Patriots, they also have Philip Dorsett out for the game for the Patriots. It was really Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. That That's all you got to do. I trust Byron Jones to do his best. One of the best in the NFL. So he was going to match up a lot of time with Nikhil Harry. Whoever is in the slot, which a lot of time in this game was Jordan Lewis. I think he did a phenomenal job for being a starter at this point. First week out against a Super Bowl MVP type of wide receiver in Julian Edelman. And Byron Jones did a good enough job. I mean, only 13 points on the board. They gave up some big plays, not a lot of them. Obviously, in the in the first touchdown that the that the Patriots scored, it was Byron Jones on Nikhil Harry. It was just a tremendous catch and throw by Tom Brady and Harry. And Byron Jones played good coverage on that, which we'll get into a little bit um, later on in the in the quarter. So secondary does well. Punt, uh, Patriots punt, and the Cowboys get the ball back. They're moving the ball again. Same old story every single week. They move the ball down the field. They find some momentum and something kills it. Well, once again, we're going to bring up Smith. He gets called for a tripping. First of two in this game. Um, not, not against him, but on the offensive line. And obviously, if you look back at that replay, you're going to know that wasn't tripping. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, look, you just got to take it on the chin. It's the first quarter. You're going to have multiple drives after this to to get revenge, to get back, your redeem yourself in a sense. What's bad about this is that the tripping call was on, a, I believe, a third down conversion. Um, or, or really, like, I, I may be early on in, in, the, in the downs, but after that penalty, the Cowboys, it looked like they just gave up. I mean, like, genuinely, if you watch them play after that tripping call, you get the sense that they're just like, it's not going to be our type of night. We're really going to struggle tonight. And then they just gave up. Bad throws by Dak. Uh, the running game was there, but it wasn't explosive as what you would want in this type of game where it's super rainy. It's, it's so bad to get a grip on that ball. Dak Prescott did not look good in the first quarter and a little bit more of the second quarter. It just didn't look good. He was making bad throws. So we're three drives in for the best offense statistically in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks that is in the MVP conversation. And they have zero points on the board. Well, you're saying, oh, they could have had three. It doesn't matter. Three drives in, you have no points. I don't care how you do it. You have zero points on the board. And guess what? Then on that same drive, the fourth down, Here's where their special teams cost the Cowboys this game. It really did. On that punt, the special teams play that determined the whole momentum of this game. It was a block punt by the Patriots, turns the whole momentum of the game around, and the Patriots get phenomenal field goal possession. And they get great, a great starting point for that offense when really they're right at the red zone already. So it was easy for Nikhil Harry to get that touchdown pass to make it 7-0 uh, for the Patriots. Next special teams play. The exact next play for the special teams unit. It's a muffed kickoff return by Tony Pollard. Two back-to-back -back special teams plays that don't go the way of the Cowboys. The dude 
doesn't expect that ball to be so much more in front of him. And really, it's common sense because the wind was blowing in favor of the Cowboys. So it was going to be a kick that was not even going to make it to the end zone. So Pollard has to run for it. And guess what? The ball slippery. He muffs it. And now he puts the Cowboys in a tough spot for their their field goal possession. Like their yardage was at the 20-yard line instead of the 25. Those five yards matter, man. Those five yards really matter at the end of the day. So now we move on to the second quarter. Um, the first real play that stood out to me where I just like, yep, this is going to be one of those days, is on a third down, Travis Frederick, who is the best center in the NFL and consistently ever since he entered the league. He, I can't believe I'm saying this because I've never really seen it out of Travis Frederick. He, he starts with a high snap that Dak really has to reach for. And what does Dak do? He panics. He panics, gets the ball somehow that doesn't go over his head and immediately off his back foot, throws it to Amari Cooper for the first time that night against Stefan Gilmore and it's intercepted by Gilmore. It was a terrible throw, a terrible decision. And this is exactly the time where I knew the Cowboys fucked up. Because this was the point where I said, they are scared. They are scared to make a play. They are scared and too cautious to, to take a chance, to be aggressive against this Patriots defense. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. That's what separates you from every other team in the NFL is if you're willing to take that chance. Look, before this podcast, I was watching a murder going down in my living room. And the and what I mean by that is I watched the Ravens beat the living crap out of the Rams. That was murder. That was first degree murder. That was like, oh, oh wait, no, he didn't do it. OJ didn't do it. The glove don't fit. Foreshadowing for gloves later on. I was watching that. And at, what, 30-plus points on the road? The Ravens still took chances. They still said, we don't care if you have Aaron Donald. We don't care if you have Clay Matthews. The hell with Jalen Ramsey. Or the fact that you have our old best safety in Eric Weddle. We don't care about that. We are going to beat you because we're a better offense. We're more talented than you. The Cowboys have more talent on their offensive side than the Patriots do on their defensive side. Defense is the best in the NFL, hands down. That Patriots defense is historic on how good they are at creating turnovers and limiting the quarterbacks. So the Cowboys, if you want to consider yourself a true contender and a great football team, then you go ahead and say, fuck that. We're not scared of you. We're going to pass it to, to Amari Cooper as much as possible. Because one-on-one, if you're giving us that man coverage, which you've been doing for most of this game already, Amari Cooper should be better than Stephon Gilmore if that is true. If if that dynamic or that, that relationship of Dak and, and a Cooper are the best in the NFL and they're so good this year, what? why did you only pass it to, the, to Amari Cooper once in the first half? And the one time you did, it was for that interception. That is scared football. You lost the game before you even entered Gillette Stadium. 
before you even entered New England, before you even entered Massachusetts, you said, we're going to play a scared type of offense. Well, the weather's bad, and we're really terrified of what the secondary can do as as part of creating turnovers. You lost the game before you even went to the game. That's when I knew the Cowboys were not going to have a good night. Patriots intercept it. You're playing scared. You're playing anxiously. Nick Foles gets a field goal, so the defense kind of stops Tom Brady. It's 10-0. And guess what? Next special teams play. It's another muffed kickoff return. This time by Dalton Schultz. It's a it's a kick that doesn't make it to the end zone because of the wind. Schultz doesn't expect it, and it's slippery, so he muffs it. Luckily, in these two times, the Cowboys didn't lose the ball. They didn't lose possession. But once again, that's three. That is three special teams plays that are heavily hurting the Cowboys. Cowboys on their fifth drive at this point are running ball extremely well. They're using Pollard. They're using Zeke. And what's kind of ironic is that Amari Cooper was not on the field whatsoever. What I was seeing out of the Cowboys was the fact that they didn't do they didn't do any motion with Amari Cooper. They did it very minimal with Pollard or Tavon Austin. Amari Cooper was not even on the fucking field at this point. But yet they were more successful than in any other drive up to that point. So they were running the ball because you, you start to see that the Patriots just can't stop it. They expect one or two plays because it's a very generic play that Cowboys run all the damn time. But if you run some fakes, if you run some 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 misdirections, in a sense, with those run plays, the Cowboys are getting at least five yards a carry, at least six yards a carry. And that's great. That's what you want to see. So if you don't have Dak going, then you can just go back to your old reliable and say, hey, Zeke, we need you again. So, hey, get get the job done for us, and we'll feed you that ball. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. And then, on a third and two, Dak makes the worst fucking throw that I have ever seen him throw to Randall Cobb. And yes, weather is a factor, but it's not an excuse. On a third and two, if we watch that play again, it's a simple out route, a great route by Randall Cobb, and he's open. He's open. All that Dak has to do is throw it on the outside. Make make Cobb extend a little bit more toward the sideline. And you got yourself an easy first down that extends that drive and finally gets some points on the board. That is not what Dak did. He had no gloves on. He just threw that ball. And he didn't look confident at all when making those passes. That is unexcusable for Dak Prescott. You are better than that. You are just playing scared. So... Cowboys once again once again fail to do anything on offense. Um, when when the Patriots come back on the field, it was interesting to watch them try different things. I was starting to believe that they knew that the Cowboys offense was not going to score many points in this game. So I felt like when Tom Brady and this offense were trying misdirections, they were trying some different things, trying to mismatch the corners with the, uh, the linebackers and, and trying to take advantage of the Cowboys doing a little bit more of man coverage in this game, that they were just trying new things that they haven't tried so far. And it didn't work for them, but I felt like, hell, like they're not giving up points. They're not scoring points, so why not just have a little bit of fun, a little bit of, of, of a kind of like a, a moment of like practice 
in a sense to where the Patriots were like, let's just try new things. Cause like some of the stuff that we are doing in this game isn't working. So maybe it's time to bring out the stuff that we've been trying to work on, but now we can execute them in the game. It's going to be a low scoring game. So might as well try it. And it didn't work, but I felt like it was a good thing for the Patriots to do that. You know, why not throw the Cowboys off a little bit, you know? Um, and when I was talking about the the motion, not seeing any type of motion for this Cowboys offense, you know, Patriots punt, they give the ball back to the to the Cowboys. Now Cooper's back on the field. And that's when I first saw him go into motion. And when I see him finally be a part of this offense, it was six minutes left in the quarter, in the second quarter. That's ridiculous. And on this drive, Dak starts to put on some gloves, much like OJ. Now in this instance, the glove did fit. It did fit, people. And immediately, you see the confidence be brought back to Dak Prescott. You start to see him make throws that he's used to throwing in regular weather. But now that he can get a grip on the ball, there was one dart that he threw to Randall Cobb, middle of the field. He throws a dart. And he felt confident. You could see in his body when he threw that ball that he felt confident in making that throw. And this was the best drive that the Cowboys have had so far. They get into the red zone. And this is all just Patriots. Uh, you can say it's the play calling. It's a lack of execution. I'm going to say that the Patriots defense played their best drive on that drive. Late in the second quarter. Man, like it was interesting to watch the Patriots just turn it on and say, all right, we're done giving you yards. We're not going to give up points here, though. We're not going to give that up. And they shut down the running game. They shut down Dak on his throws in the red zone and it limited them to just a field goal. So going to the third quarter, going to half, it's 10 to six Patriots. The, the court or the kicker that shall not be named. He redeemed himself and got two field goals. whoop de fucking do. But yet you get the sense that you should have had more. Then the third quarter comes both teams go three and out on their first possessions. They didn't score anything and they had to punt on their first six possessions combined which is ridiculous to think out of a Dallas Cowboys team that is great in the third quarter and a Patriots team that, you know, after adjusting, you should add more points on the board. And, you know, Cowboys go three and out. Um, after that, the, the Patriots get the ball back, and it's a third and 20. So you're saying, wow, like this is a good time for the defense to get off the field and say, all right, let's, let's get off with some heat. Let's get off with some momentum. Give the offense better field position. It's third and 20. Cowboys give up a, a third and 20 conversion. Unacceptable. No way that you should be giving up that many yards on a third down when you know that is very important about field position and limiting as many field goals or even touchdowns in the game. Eventually, they did go off the field with another punt. And the Cowboys offense, once again, they look scared. They, they can't even complete a third and short again if their life depended on it. They were 0-3 at least when I first recalled that they weren't making those third and shorts conversions. They were 0-3 at least. I think overall, when I look at the stats, and I'll pull them up right here, on third down efficiency, both teams only converted 5 out of 27. 5 out of 27, both teams combined. That is horrible. That is what you don't want to see in any type of game. Whether you are a fan of them or not, that's horrible football being played. It's a lack of execution. It's a lack of, of like small little things that will add up eventually. 
the Cowboys offense just, once again, they come out flat. Another slow start. Jeff Heath, I'm just going to say he's made out of glass. Yes, the, the defense made some stops, but the whole point of Jeff Heath going out there again after being hurt is keep him as healthy as possible because he is your best safety at this point. Yes, Xavier Woods, for me, is more talented. And Donovan Wilson, Darian Thompson, they are more athletic than Jeff Heath and better than Jeff Heath. Right now, though, Jeff Heath is their best option. He hits the guy with just his shoulder, and it basically pops out of place, and he gets injured on that play. Whether or not he stayed in this game, I don't fucking know because I just don't care. I stopped watching Toward, toward the first part of the fourth quarter. I mean, really, like, I just didn't care at this point. Tyron Smith gets his third penalty of the game. Another holding call. It was on a big third down conversion where they got Amari Cooper's first catch of the game, which was called back. And that could have been really key for the Cowboys to finally get it going. And once again, that penalty kills their drive. And they don't get any points. On that punt, they get a delay of game. Great. That's perfect. And then on the second attempt on the punt, they get an illegal shift. An illegal shift on a punt formation. What the fuck is an illegal shift on a punt formation? Fourth quarter. Let's just move right along, people, because we're reaching the end point of this. It's 13-6 Patriots with 9.32 left in the game. Pollard is in the end zone. When receiving this kick return, after the Patriots scored another field goal. And we're back to the same old fucking problem. He knows, he should know, that the wind is in favor of him. It's not in favor of the Patriots. So that ball is not going to reach the end zone. It is going to be at the 15 or 20 yard line. What does Pollard do? He stays in the end zone. He does not move up. And guess what? Pollard has to run all the way to get that ball and muffs it again. And yes, he keeps possession, but that put them at the 15-yard line instead of the 25 or even more if he returned it. The fourth, the fifth, fifth bad special teams play by the Dallas Cowboys. I stopped watching right at that point. As soon as I saw Pollard do that, I turned off the TV. I turned it off, people. Keith O'Quinn. I had to look this up because I have no fucking clue who the special teams coordinator is. Keith O'Quinn. Has been with the team for two seasons now, including this one. It didn't even look like he was at the game. I don't think there was a coordinator at the game for the Cowboys. It's common sense to know this win is blowing toward the Patriots. So the ball in field goals or in kickoff returns and punt returns as well. That ball is not going to go as far as it should. Or that is it used to. To, to being as far as it should. So Pollard know, should know that he has to move up. Nobody tells him this. Nobody wants to look at the sky and say, it's blue. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But maybe that's exactly what the Cowboys fucking need is Captain Obvious on the fucking sideline to say, hey, Pollard, maybe, just maybe, you should move up just a little bit. I don't think you have to be five yards deep into the end zone. I don't think you need to do that. That's it. That's all the Cowboys needed. That's all they needed. Keith O'Quinn, get him the fuck out of there. Why the fuck is our special teams coordinator not doing his job? First, the the punt 
uh, with Tavon Austin and the Minnesota Vikings that cost them that game. I mean, there was other things that really hurt the team, but that, that could have really decided that football game. Last week, with the kickoff returns of, of Pollard not knowing like if she returned it or not, and then he goes out, gives the offense bad field position. And then now this week, with five, five or six bad special teams plays. Not one, not two, at the most, six. Six. And what did I tell you, people? Special teams is what makes these good teams great. What makes these contenders Super Bowl contenders. Patriots, they get a block punt. That gets them seven points. They get interception. They get three points out of that. Their kicker is a, it's their third string, like it's their third attempt at a kicker this year. Goskowski got hurt and then they brought in another guy, Mike Nugent. That didn't work out. And now Nick Folk, who used to play with the Cowboys, ironically. And yet he won the battle against the 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 kicker that shall now be uh, shall not be named. I, I was about to say his name. Not today, Satan. Not today. He won the kicking battle. The dude didn't have a job like three months ago. Brett Maher got a fucking contract because he beat out Dan Bailey. And guess what? He's making 69% of his kicks. Garbage. Garbage. What did that start with right you, there, Terrell? Garbage. Hey, no, right there, oh, there you go. Right there. You see him in there? Right there. Thank you, Pac-Man Jones. At least someone says it. I, I don't even know what happened in the rest of the game. I... I saw the play with Amari Cooper and, and on that 4th and 11. There was another tripping call. Who gives a shit at this point? So, the only thing I wrote down was, and I, I heard Troy Aikman say this, is that when the the Patriots were at their most vulnerable point, no Philip Dorsett, no, no Muhammad Sanu, no Jason McCourty, their second best corner in the game, and yet the Cowboys looked like the, the worst team. They looked like the lesser team, even though they have more talent than the Patriots. So what what do you what do you assume from that? Oh, another bad start? Oh, the lack of adjustment and the lack of basic common sense football of oh, special teams, they should move up when the wind's blowing their uh, in the opposite direction. Oh, um we keep going three and out cuz we didn't prepare good enough. And we just don't know how to stop the running game. Oh, maybe it's coaching. Maybe. And this is the first time that Jerry Jones was critical of the coaching staff. He's saying that with the amount of... I need to look this up because I tweeted it. I re I requoted it because I was like, Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. You dog. Because really... Oh, God. Let me pull this up. Where are we at? Oh, so Ed Warner tweeted yesterday. And I quote, Jerry Jones finishes with this. This is a quote from Jerry Jones. With the makeup of this team, I shouldn't be this frustrated. Welcome to the fucking life of Cowboys fan. Welcome to the last 20 years, Jerry. Hey, hey, welcome, buddy. Grab a chair, get a beer, settle down. Because welcome to the life of a, of a Cowboys fan for an organization that you run to the ground. Congratulations. You had an epiphany. You had a spiritual orgasm. Because really, you finally realize what the fuck is wrong with this team. It's 10 years too late. But, hey, we're here. And guess what? The reports are saying today that uh, Jerry is not going to be making any decisions or, or you know, critical 
adjustments to the coaching staff as of right now. So he's still rolling with Jason Garrett. <laughs> does it say play with my emotions at the top of my forehead? Does it does it really say that? I'm telling you people, I the Minnesota Viking game, I'm done. I'm I'm Sammy from Jersey Shore. And and the Cowboys are my Ronnie. Cause I'm done. But I will come back every single week and watch this game. I will come back and I will will say, hey, maybe this is the week. Maybe this is the week. Uh, it's not. And I'm just gonna get hurt. Jerry Jones is gonna come into my room, break everything that I have in the room. He's gonna break my glasses. And he's gonna make me leave the Jersey Shore. Make me go back home to, to Joyzy. To Joyzy. It's gonna happen. It really is. At this point, people, there's nothing that needs to be done other than get rid of every fucking coach except for Chris Richard and Kellen Moore. That is all I need in my life. I just need Chris Richard to be the head coach. I need Kellen Moore to be the offensive coordinator with no influence from Jason Garrett and just run trick plays up the fucking wazoo. That's all I need in my life. Because right now, if you can't beat the Patriots on this day when they had nothing going for them, and you look like the wor- like the the ugliest team against them. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. You don't deserve to win football games. You certainly don't deserve to keep your jobs as a coaching staff if all you do as the best talented offense in the NFL get 9 points on the board. You are not doing your job. Whether you want to put Kellen Moore in that discussion or not. I will say this, Dak Prescott played a horrible game. He played a scared game. All of those guys did. So it's a collective effort. At some point, you got to say, what needs to change? And we say it every single week. Fire Jason Garrett. At this point, fire Keith O'Quinn, whoever the hell that is. Because we don't know who he is as a Cowboys fan base. Special teams don't exist in in the Cowboy country. So... What else, what else is there to do, people? What What do you need out of me to constructively criticize this team? There's nothing else to criticize. It is like watching the same car crash every single day, and all you can do is just pass by. There's nothing you can do because those drivers don't learn. Those drivers don't make an adjustment. They don't learn from their mistakes. Jason Garrett is not learning from any mistakes. You just see this team defeated. As the game goes on, you see how how just like disinterested they are. And there's nothing you can do about that other than change the vibes in the locker room. Change the preparation before the game itself. What's What's next for the Cowboys? What's their schedule like? I don't even care at this point. Oh, yeah, they play on Thanksgiving. Oh, by the way, so this is going to be a very interesting week for the podcast. So we're going to have this episode. Tomorrow, we're going to do a another list of top five, top ten, whatever. And then on Wednesday, we're going to do a preview for the, the Thanksgiving game against the Bills. Friday, if I'm alive because I work on Black Friday, I will do a review for that. Wow. Wow. And then we'll see what else happens around the NFL. Cool. So then we'll come back 
on thir- on Friday to talk about how the Bills beat the shit out of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which is going to be great. So yeah, people, there's, I mean, yeah, that's it. I like Alexa, play comfortably numb by Pink Floyd, please. I, it doesn't even hurt anymore. You know, you know, ever been hurt by that one person like 10 times and you're just like, yeah, they're going to do it again. That's, that's my relationship with the Cowboys. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not surprised. I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I'm just numb. Like they, they lost the Patriots. I, I put this as a loss from the very beginning of the season. And now it's just like, yeah, not only was it a loss, it was, it wasn't a moral victory where like you stayed with the Patriots. Like, no, you played horrible. Both of you played horrible. Neither of you won this day. One of one team was just worse than the other. And guess what? Most of that time, the Cowboys are that worst team. So, here we are, people. Uh, the the NFL came out today and said the tripping calls were wrong and they shouldn't be called. Who cares? Who cares? Like, honestly. I, I don't know what else to say. What are we at? What are we at? 41 minutes? Ooh, tough. Tough. All right, that's going to do it for the Bubble Up Sports Podcast, episode 86. 87. 86? 87. Um, so, once again... Make sure to follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for either a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month. As always, you can be the next subscriber on the podcast, next supporter. Uh, we're looking at number six right now. We've been awaiting you for so long. So if you're listening, if you are not subscribed, before I throw hands, please subscribe. And we'll shout you out on Twitter, we'll shout you out on the podcast, and we'll make sure you get all the recognition you, you need for supporting the one and only Bubble Lutz. So thank you again, people, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast because I fucking... I, I love doing Cowboys games, you know. All right. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow on another episode of the podcast.